Welcome to Automation Podcast Series Episode 2. In the last episode, you have seen how Anubis uh, has shared her journey from an amateur to an automation specialist in Siemens. And today we have a special guest who is working with Rockwell Automation in Singapore from last 12 years as technical consultant. Let me introduce Vineet Bansal. He's not only a guest for tonight, but also a friend with whom I studied Megatronics in Industries Training Center located in Chandigarh in India 16 years ago. So Vineet, welcome to my podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks Rajvi for inviting me to this podcast. I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm great. I imagine the time at your place is a bit late, uh, 9.45 or 10 o'clock, but I appreciate your energy for this podcast. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. And you seem pretty well at <laughs> Yeah, just to let you know, guys, Vineet was one of the most intelligent students in our class. And if I'm not wrong, also the best student for all the teachers. Am I right? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I was pretty focused on whatever I was doing in academia. Yeah, yeah, uh, Rajveer and other, other people were a lot into... Uh, a lot of other stuff they were into gaming they knew a lot of stuff i was pretty much into <laughs> yes, academia. I, re- I remember <laughs> i was running away from the projects and i used to do this computer stuff and i keep running to the teachers hey do you have any problem in computer i can fix it <laughs> so that was a good time all right so we can start with the podcast and as you know we have some questions for which you can't answer so let's start with the podcast with my first questions my first question to you is why you choose rockwell automation as a career option uh, so when I was in college, uh, Rockwell Automation was uh, a big company and it used to be uh, taking students as uh, graduate engineering trainings. Okay. So we were able to get the placements at the uh, campus. Okay. And that was one of the major reasons. And mm-hmm. uh, it is quite a popular company. Yeah, uh, for sure. One of the most ethical companies. So uh, that was one of the good options. Mm-hmm. So I chose for Rockwell Automation. So did you also have some interest with the automations in your education time? Did you make some projects related to automation? Uh, so I was interested in automation or particularly robotics like since okay. I was 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there nice. was nothing I did about it. I was just okay. interested and I kept my focus towards science and mathematics. Okay. And when I got a uh, opportunity with Indo Swiss Training Center yeah. back in 2004, yeah. so I had uh, one goal in mind that I have to go for mechatronics and industrial automation course. That's nice. And uh, so in the third and fourth year, we had to go through a lot of labs and then mm-hmm. we uh, had a one complete semester for our project. Yeah. So we did a project where uh, it was more like a loading uh, loading on conveyor and uh-huh, pick and I place from the conveyor. Yes, yeah. yes, I remember yeah. your project. There was a robotic arm which picks and place on the conveyor, something like that, was it? Yes, yes, oh, yes. Right. Yeah. yeah, so it, it would put on a printing machine and oh, take yes. back from it oh, and my put God. on the conveyor. It has been 12 years yeah. now, I remember a little bit. <laughs> uh, I had great teammates. <laughs> yeah, and who was your teammates? Uh, Ash, Anubhav. Okay. Yeah, yeah Anubhav, Saurabh. Saurabh, Arsh. Okay, yeah. I can imagine that. Okay, great. Um, so I would say just because you were interested in automation and you had an opportunity in the college, so you thought, let's do it. And then you got selected. Very nice. Yes. So I would like to ask you now, what is your current role in this company? And how did you reach your current position today? Because I imagine it has been 12 years in automation. So. Um, yes. 
so uh, i started as a ged in the company uh, so it's more like a graduate engineering training program okay so we were freshers out of the college uh, in mm-hmm. 2008 mm-hmm. Uh, and then in 2009 our roles were changed to project engineers Okay. So I was there in in that role for around like four and five years. Okay. Uh, after that, I changed my role. Uh, now I am an OEM technical consultant. So okay. now I help uh, machine manufacturers to implement Rockwell automation based solutions. I and, see. Uh, and uh, I help them to uh, you know make their their interfaces between third party products also okay. sometimes like because machine builders have to. accommodate as per the plant yeah. uh, infrastructure so yeah. for example in a panel if you have a drive with let's say siemens and you have controller like plc you guide them how to interface third party controllers or softwares with your rockwell products am i right yes and uh, it's less about like uh, drives because okay. generally people tend to have the same brand of yeah. plc or drive but the, i mean yeah 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 so but but when it comes to using a some special module like a barcode scanner okay. or using yeah. some sort of printers okay. or using some sort of uh, cameras mm-hmm. so these are all like oh, they, these are third party products yes and it uh, all of them mostly use different kind of protocols some would use ethernet protocol some would use for serial protocols mm-hmm. a lot of them use modbus so okay. uh, it helps to learn a lot of protocols and uh, diversity there is a lot of diversity you know okay and Yeah. So, uh, if I ask you, when you started this job, were you uh, employed as a programmer? Did you have to program some PLCs? What was your role in the beginning? And now that you explain already, what is your current role? What was your current role in the beginning of your job? So, when I joined as a GET, we mm-hmm. were uh, provided three months of classroom training. Okay. We will learned a lot about the current products of the company and different company policies also. Okay. But uh, after that, we had to uh, we started doing some basic level of programming, mm-hmm. or uh, it, it was mostly about as project basis. So okay. a lot of people they were just sent directly to the sites also. Oh. Okay. Based on uh, the requirements, if they have to just do some uh, I/O testing in the field, okay, yeah, or have to provide some sort of support in to some uh, senior engineers, kind of, okay, you know, I more like it. a buddy system. Okay, yeah, yeah. I got it. So uh, yes, but the programming was all always there, and one more thing was there which uh, people generally don't get a exposure to in their colleges is mm-hmm. like manufacturing panel uh, testing. So I there see. was a manufacturing team. They will manufacture the panels, but okay. the final electrical or uh, I/O testing would have to be done by us okay. uh, to ensure that they are it. like wired properly. Fine, yeah. And yeah, that's really nice. So we used to call it as uh, mm-hmm. acceptance test. Maybe yeah. it is a factory acceptance test, or yeah. we would go to site for doing site test mm-hmm. and test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you must have been traveling a lot in this in this company. customer to customer oh. also in and out of the country yes so uh, when i started uh, back in india in 2008 mm-hmm. uh, i had to travel across india actually i touched all the four corners of oh, india okay that's nice i went to pondicherry in north i went to mm-hmm. hp in mm-hmm. east i went to bangladesh okay <laughs> and in the west nice. i went to gujarat so oh, yeah nice. i touched four corners everything. of india And now your job is more yes. stable, or you also have to travel as a as an OEM technical consultant. 
So uh, my role is currently focused on customers which are in Singapore, but mm-hmm. I do travel to uh, within Southeast Asia as okay. per the project needs. But it is less as compared to when I was in India. Okay, that's that's uh, that's okay. I think when you are having a family now, you're more settled. You don't need more traveling because you have a family. Okay. Yeah. So thank you for your answer. I will proceed to the second question. Um, considering Rockwell Automation being a big player in automation industry, what qualification or work attitude you should have to work in Rockwell Automation? It's for the people who are considering working in this company. Okay. Um, so actually, almost uh, if I if we talk about attitude, mm-hmm. every company needs the same. Uh, you know, somebody who can own the on their role, okay. on their job, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who are who don't have to be spoon-fed for yeah. everything. Yeah, this is very you important. Know? Yeah, yeah, and somebody who really wants to develop, who, who is continuously learning mm-hmm. or improving, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of attitude. And uh, in terms of qualifications, if if you are going for a, a fresher, mm-hmm. so of course they have to have bachelors. Okay. In in uh, technology. Okay. Um, and if, if they are going for a role when they already have some experience, maybe few years, okay. then the qualifications won't matter much. Okay. Uh, their experience would be, uh, would should talk about them more. Okay. So you can say uh, students who are in the area of, let's say, automation or mechatronics or electronics, electrical, these are more suitable for the job. Do they need some extra training or is it also possible freshers to apply in Rockwell Automation? So it is different from uh, country to country. Okay. So in a lot of countries, uh, the concept of internships is very strong actually. Okay. So, so they would look for people who would could go see. for good internships, you know. That's an uh, easy route. In basically, if, yeah, in, yeah in, in the same field. Okay. And uh, and it gets gives a chance for the students also yeah, to exactly. actually see what happens in there, whether they would be yeah. finally interested in that yeah. role or That's that true. kind of job. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, of course, I, I was saying bachelor's in technology mm-hmm. or bachelor's in science more because uh, this role requires yeah. those kind of skills. Uh, however, I've seen people who were uh, who did some sort of BCA or okay. like, you know, master's in computer yeah. applications. Those, those guys also made it to uh, okay. to good roles in the same company, but of course they were not the uh, freshers out of okay. college who okay. made it to that. But it still depends on the uh, okay. uh, requirements because nowadays our industry is looking uh, more amalgamation between industrial automation and IT. IT, yeah. This so is there like, is a lot uh, of convergence between these IOT. two technologies. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I think it's everywhere. In every company, even in Germany, people are looking for IoT engineers. And I think in India has already started a lot of IoT courses as well. So I think this is the future, I imagine, for all automation. Okay, now I go to the next question. What kind of challenges you faced while working in automation industry? Would you like to share an experience? Okay. So when we are in the industry, uh, sometimes there are projects which are brownfield or greenfield projects. Mm-hmm. You know, then you don't have timelines uh, in terms of. Sorry, you have timelines, okay. but you don't have a particular time frame for which you okay. are working. Sometimes you are working long hours. Yeah. You know, I have worked for like twenty-four hours straight, or oh my God, uh, more really? than that also. 
without not, sleep not for a for no, not for a very long time actually okay, but it would okay. happen when the Ooh. when there is a plant startup or when the okay maybe you might miss the deadlines and the, there are yeah. things set up mm-hmm. uh, and there are challenges where uh, you know because the projects go very big sometimes okay yeah that's true it's, they are huge they are huge and you have a lot of stuff they have lot lot to plan program but you go as a team so, when you go for these projects yes so it depends on the size of the project or, okay. or depends on the skill sets required so mm-hmm. if it requires a variety of skill sets so then you okay. have to get different kind of people different number of people but uh, if it's more about just two or three skills then okay. you can have one person taking care of a larger area yeah yeah uh, and uh, if i talk about other uh, challenges it's like uh, you know when, when it just i was talking about you have third party products yeah lot of times mm-hmm. uh even in big projects also you will find uh, a lot of com- companies providing different kinds of solutions okay so there the interaction between the different teams mm-hmm. or different products interfacing between different projects it becomes sometimes a challenge yeah okay uh, because, because of the communication protocols data. yeah 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 communication protocols between humans also you know Whoa. you have, uh, you have <laughs> to provide right. data to a someone who is not from your company who is not from the team <laughs> who may be a client yeah, or who may be a vendor right. to the client so there are sometimes you know mm-hmm. <laughs> there is communication protocol mismatch <laughs> or, or let, you have that's to, yeah. right that's right even human communication uh, sometimes is worse and you can't proceed if you don't have a good understanding that's okay yeah and yeah so harder part about human protocols is like you don't have a manual user manual for that no <laughs> for communication protocols in the industry you have user manuals right you can look up the document and you can mm-hmm. you know troubleshoot yeah. the things yeah but if there as you know so working in big teams is also a challenge and uh, going for variety of products is also a mm-hmm. uh, challenge but it's a great learning opportunity yeah. also like how to collaborate with people or collaboration between different uh, companies yeah. or uh products yeah. you you talked about manual and people and i'll tell you some some experience most of my students ask me questions and i always tell them read the manuals you know everything is in the manual but they don't read it and then they keep asking me and they are waiting for one week for my reply sometimes i'm busy and then i say hey why don't you read the manuals so do you also often read the manuals when you need to, when you need uh, answers do you think it's a good habit uh so uh, i think in the first few years of my career mm-hmm. i read a lot of manuals well, okay. i was always reading manuals M- maybe you can imagine because how i was in college <laughs> yes so you can imagine <laughs> i was like always reading stuff uh, mostly That's about academia or about my job yeah yes uh, after that this habit has changed uh, now sometimes i jump right over to the hardware and start yeah, doing the lab because your experience so i, I can imagine experienced also and the uh, customers expectations about mm-hmm. uh, you know the solutions has also grown yeah. like they want replies faster so we just tried uh, look up for a lab which our company has designed for a certain product oh, so have, we okay. test it out okay yeah yeah so now we have access to all of that so oh, okay that's interesting so yeah, yeah but reading manuals is very important and yeah, look up very for important. Mm-hmm. yeah because labs don't give you everything yeah user manuals or reference manuals yeah. or look up for the internet for yeah all the basically answers. i would say don't stop learning mm-hmm. don't stop learning there is a, a you cannot learn the 100% about every anything yeah, uh, unless true. you keep reading the manuals yeah. so keep learning yeah 
That's right. If listeners, if you're listening this, manuals are really important. You, so you should have a habit of reading it. So we need, since we were talking about Industry 4.0, IoT or artificial intelligence, do you have an example for the audience how this can be used in the industry? Uh, yes, Rajveer. Uh, now, since more and more smart machines are coming up and we want to have more efficiency and less crap, mm -hmm. we are trying to use or put machine learning or artificial intelligence into our machines or our systems. Okay. Uh, so let me give you an example. Uh, let's say we have a conveying system okay. where we are using a fan or pump for conveying some uh, liquid or semi-solid uh, kind of stuff okay. from one point to another. So uh, in such scenarios, there are places where the pipe might start leaking okay. or the pipe might, start, might get blocked because yeah. of uh, the material getting sticking to the pipes. Okay. You know? Yep. So, let's say we can define a system a calculation model okay. which can uh, point to the leakage or blockage kind of scenarios when the machine is running in real time. Yeah. So, let's say okay. when the machine is running normally, mm -hmm. we take a few samples, like 100 samples almost at different okay. speeds of the fan or pump. So, we know at different speeds what should be the pressure inside okay. the system okay you know we okay. will feed it to the system okay. the artificial intelligence system okay so it will develop a physics based model and it will know Ooh. at let's say 10 hertz of the speed of the pump yeah my pressure should be some x yeah. and at okay. 20 hertz it should be x dot something right. or y okay you know mm -hmm. and in the case where we see some, where there is some sort of leakage, okay. so these values calculated, mm -hmm. calculated by the AI model mm -hmm. and the actual feedback from the sensor, they will okay. not match. Yeah. You know, the yeah. sensor will say it is X and the AI module uh, computation will say it is Y. Yeah. So if this difference is considerable enough, uh, like it's not okay. the actual because there are some fluctuations during the system. If yeah. it is more than these fluctuations, my system can say that there is some sort of anomaly it has detected. You know, okay. there might be some sort of leakage. Mm -hmm. And if there is a uh, the pressure buildup okay. more than what it usually used to be in the yeah. normal uh, normal okay. running, okay. my uh, artificial intelligence system can say that there is some sort of blockage I in the see. system. So the so system, it, is, yeah. yeah. So the system is actually reading the system behavior and it's telling you whether it's a leakage or a blockage based on if the pressure is increasing or decreasing. Maybe it's very minute, but it can tell you. Yes, yes. So Amazing. you can define what sort of uh, difference you want to see. If you oh, want to raise okay. the alarm at 1% of difference between you can your uh, actual and oh. computational values, okay. or if you want at 10%, you can define that. And it helps you to do some proactive maintenance. Yes, we call it productive maintenance. Or, yeah. Yes, you know, yeah, and if still... you already know that the system is running fine, mm -hmm. so you don't have to go for any maintenance plan, maybe that until yeah, that time, exactly. until you get, you know, you don't have to define the based on the time period, but actually you have to define on the I basis see. of the system performance. Yeah, because I remember once I made an example of predictive maintenance. I did it in PLC programming. It was very complex. Now you say that you already have new products which can do this computation. That's really nice and makes the work easy. 
I suppose. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. these uh, these devices or these programs or softwares which are available, mm -hmm. they are available at the machine level also. You okay, know, you know. Level. Last okay. time it used. Last time it used to be you have to put that in a computer or on a server and they will okay. be very expensive. I see. Okay. So, but now they are available for machines Machine. also. Oh, okay. So at machine manufacturers can take a great benefit from these kind yes. of yes. systems, you know. Exactly. So every machine has its yeah. own uh, product which are analyzing the behavior and raise the alarm based on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's And great. you can develop multiple yeah, and you can develop multiple models also. Like you don't, you are, may not be interested in just the pressure of the system. Mm -hmm. You might be uh, trying to calculate some other uh, quality of the system where, let's say, a particular viscosity of the system, mm -hmm. which you cannot measure at some time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, viscosity measurement devices yeah. are very expensive yeah. on the run if, if you're running, uh, measuring on the run. Okay. So what you can do is you can develop a model by taking samples offline, and yep. then develop the model. It will Ooh, keep okay. indicating what kind of viscosity you can expect from these all these parameters, you I know. See. And That's take really less nice. samples compared to last time. Like okay. last time, you were taking a sample every ten minutes or mm -hmm. twenty minutes. Now mm -hmm. you can take like every half an hour. Mm -hmm. So it reduces your n number of offline samples, number wastage of the resources, and all. Oh, okay, quite interesting. That's like, uh, yeah, that's like we said, we have to learn a lot of things. Now there are more challenges. So there's uh, new devices, new algorithms, new software, new programming languages. It's really interesting. Thank you for sharing this experience, Vineet. Okay, moving ahead. Uh, I would like to ask you which PLC products you would recommend to the students who wants to start learning PLCs? From Rockwell Automation, uh, of course. Workable automation, uh, like a beginner see, uh, products. Yeah. Actually, uh, I would say it's not about PLC products. Mm -hmm. It's about how you program them. Okay. Like people should learn uh, ladder programming. Yeah. How to programming ladder? How mm -hmm. to programming SFC? Mm -hmm. uh, structured for uh, sequential function charts yeah. or uh, doing. So basically, going for all these programming, you should have be, uh, you should be able to define the workflow or the project yeah. flow. Okay. Right. So then you have to translate into any different language. Maybe yeah. some people try to program in ladders. Mm -hmm. Some people are very uh, comfortable with function blocks. Okay. Some people are very uh, comfortable with uh, structured text. Yeah. It's more like a C, C++ yeah, exactly. kind of yeah. look and feel. Mm -hmm. So it, it's less about the product, which product they can go. Like there are various series, micro logic, control logics, compact logics. Okay. But instead it's better because you are talking about learning how to program. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's better to go for like different languages. Okay. So if you learn these languages, it would be easy for you to program any of these PLCs. So like you said, data logic. Is it true that ladder logic is used a lot in United States or in this part of the country? You use mostly ladder logic or which language is more prominent now or which is your favorite language? Um, so talking about my favorite, mm -hmm. it's of course ladder. Okay. But uh, how, why is ladder or any language is used in uh, an industry or in a mm -hmm. certain area? Mm -hmm. It more comes down to like history of our PLCs. Okay. You know, uh, PLCs were developed to replace the relay ladder. Yeah. Relays basically. There were yeah. a lot of relays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and it more likely translates to ladder programming. Yeah. 
as compared to any other language so, it's easy so to uh, understand. that's why yeah. yes and uh, an electrical guy also can understand this ladder logic that's true so that was a natural uh, you know it's interesting to, to understand this analogy but here if i say you my example in germany nobody does ladder everybody use fpd yes. or scl i don't know why they don't understand this connection of electrical and ladder which is true which you just said i i believe it's true and uh, it's right but it's easy to understand so um, in allen brady products you believe that ladder logic is the most important they can start with ladder logic if somebody's beginner uh no so so uh yeah. sorry maybe i misinterpreted the so i say why it was most popular or mm -hmm. it is most popular it's because of its analogy with relay yeah but now it depends on the industry which you are uh, serving okay. so when you are doing uh, some sequential logics mm -hmm. so it's better to use a uh, ladder okay but uh, but if you are using some sort of uh, if else logic yeah, yeah. where you have to do for loops kind of yeah, things exactly. then you you can do a uh, structured text yeah and if you are using uh, some uh, continuous running program mm -hmm. uh, like in uh, some uh, let's say oil and gas kind of okay. uh, industry or okay. some process industry you can mm -hmm. use function blocks okay more yeah. often and okay. if you are using some batch applications mm -hmm. uh, where you are used creating batches every now and then like uh, let's say a shampoo mm -hmm. or creating a batch of chocolate okay. so it's better to use a sequential function chart okay. Okay. so so it depends on industry or process mm -hmm. but uh, i still have seen more people doing programming in ladder as compared yeah. to any other language that's true as per yeah i also started my uh, learning with the ladder and then i moved to different languages but ladder is the easiest one to start and learn and implement so great all right so moving ahead So I would like to ask like most of the students looks for resources to run Rockwell products. Do you have any software or online courses which they can go through? For example, okay. any learning platform or portal for students open source? Okay. So uh as far as uh, looking for some documents mm -hmm. uh user manuals reference manuals okay. you can go to ab.com and then you can find literature library and okay. you can find uh, almost all the documents about all the products okay or most of the products i would say mm -hmm. uh if you are looking for any training programs then okay. uh the rockwell has a lot of learning programs mm -hmm. or uh, every uh, every automation vendor would have okay. but if you are looking for free resources mm -hmm. then uh, rockwell has some programs for uh, free online courses oh, okay. which people can go through it's also at yes. ab.com and uh, uh no no not at ab.com so you have uh, i can provide you the link to okay. those courses i will put it in the description so, okay yeah but there are a lot of paid programs also mm -hmm. or internship programs so you can uh, look out for okay keep a watch okay. you can go through That's great. Yeah, you can share me the link. I will put it in the description so that they can go through it. Okay, great. Because I ask you this question, a lot of uh, students are looking for resources, and most of them cannot afford to buy courses, so they're looking for free uh, stuff. Although there are so many websites on the internet, but I thought to ask you because you are in this company and you can give a better guidance. Yeah. Okay. So YouTube also has some courses. Okay. Uh, so it's not a. pretty uh, full course it mm -hmm. would just like a more like introduction so but okay. there are few courses i can 
provide the link. Okay. Okay, I have one question. I was just thinking, uh, would you like to share any of your project which can give some information or knowledge to the student? Any experience from your projects in so many years? A small uh, part of your project just to highlight the students. Okay, this is also possible, something like that. Okay, so... So one of the complicated projects mm -hmm. in terms of infrastructure mm -hmm. uh, or the size of the project, it was a solar power plant. Okay. So uh, so it's not a, a plant with photovoltaic cells. Okay. It's a plant which uses convex uh, concave mirrors oh, okay. to uh, reflect the light ah, onto some pipes. I see. Reflect the light okay. onto uh, and concave uh, mirrors okay. when the light is at... Uh, light is at some angle it will focus all the light onto the their focal point yeah and what would happen the pipes and we will put pipes on that point mm -hmm. so those uh, material in that pipe get will hot. get hot so oh, we will okay. put up some uh, heat transfer fluid will oh, be I there see. inside and this fluid will go around and heat up the water okay. it will turn it into steam and it will oh, rotate a turbine nice so it's a heating yeah, system so, based on lenses and sunlight yeah, so okay. this was a 50 gigawatt plant uh, oh, based okay. in Rajasthan. Wow. In India. That's a lot. Yes, so, so there were uh, so many devices about it, like there were around uh, 500 PLCs in it. Okay. Uh, and uh, they were controlling the movement of these movement mirrors of because mirrors, it was yeah. not a single round. So these mirrors were like in thousands. Okay. So you so tracked the sun and you were controlling the mirrors. Yes, yes. And, so we have to follow some algorithm. And which yeah. motors you were using for movement? Was uh, it a it was a hydraulic system. Basically. Hydraulic system. Uh, okay. No, actually, it was a hydraulic system. It was just working in terms of pulses. Uh -huh. okay. uh, yeah, and there were some uh, feedback devices for position feedback. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah. how do you track? There were a lot of control. How did you track the sun? Uh, so uh, there is an algorithm okay. that was developed by NASA, I believe. Okay. Uh, so we call it as uh, Azimuthal something. Okay. Uh, algorithm. Mm -hmm. So it, when you uh, provide it latitude and longitude, yeah. it will take up the time from the real time clock of okay. PLC and it will convert it into ah, the position of the sun. I see. So it's there is no yeah. sensors which is sensing the position of sun. It is uh, through satellite information it's more like a yes so it's okay. not track it does not know the actual position oh, of the sun okay, based on okay. some sensor okay but uh it is calculating from some algorithm and it is pretty accurate okay uh, so, but you we can use sensors also for the feedback right. from okay uh, from the sun. sun so i have a strange or maybe stupid question what if it's cloudy and it's raining but the sun is still there it's movement is it still tracking it or is there something else you avoid it in the situation uh it more, mostly depends on the operators uh when we were there we saw that uh it was hailstorm mm -hmm. so those hailstones uh break some of the glasses oh. or some of the okay. mirrors concave mirrors yeah. so in that in that scenario we will like those mirrors to be in a in a at an angle where they will not be hit very fast okay. or at a got it at the weakest point of the mirror mm -hmm. uh, but if it is uh, rainy or windy uh, okay. if but if the sun is there okay. if the sun is there then we can keep it running but it yeah. mostly depends on the operators okay. they have to decide they have to decide what to do in this case 
Yes. Oh wow, uh, this is very interesting. Because they don't have the actual feed feedback from the sun, right? Yeah. So uh, they just know the position of the sun. So it will come to the decision of the operator okay. or the plant supervisor or someone. Okay. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing it, Vinit. Okay, so moving on, I would like to ask you, if someone wants to join Rockwell Automation, what advice would you give them? Or I think you already talked about it, how they can apply. So I will skip this question. I will ask you the next question. If someone wants to contact you to ask anything related to today's podcast, do you allow them to contact you? If yes, how can they contact you? Uh, I'm available on LinkedIn for people okay. or your students to contact me okay. so they can contact me you can provide them the link i will put the link in the description my, that's great LinkedIn profile yes okay yeah and one advice to the students uh, i also said in the last podcast if you want to ask something don't just say hi hello you have to put the whole question <laughs> most of the people also write me just hi hello and i can't reply every one of them so if you have any queries please write to beneath i will put the link in the description you can write anything about today's podcast that will be great so, Vinny, do you have anything else to say before we end up the podcast? Uh, so, one advice for, yeah. or, uh, actually, I'm no one to advise anyone, no, of course but you. Uh, <laughs> something which I've, what I've learned or what okay. I would yes, just please. want to say about mm -hmm. don't stop learning. Uh, that happens when you get comfortable, too comfortable in your role. Mm -hmm. uh, but then suddenly you will, uh, not suddenly, but over time you will realize that you might be uh, lagging behind. So don't stop learning. Just put some at least 10, 20% or whatever time yeah. you can give for your, along with your job, yes. your learning. Mm -hmm. We started as only PLC programmers, but yes. today I, I need to learn about all the databases, VB, yes. C, Python exactly. and all. So a lot of products are coming in. Mm -hmm. So keep learning yeah. and keep your uh, you know eyes open for the different opportunities or learning yeah. pro programs. I think today uh, it's more challenging than our own time because at our time, if we are good in PLC programming, they will hire you. <laughs> and today you have to know a lot of things, not just PLC. You have to know about IoT, you have to know about database or other scripts or other languages. And at that time, we didn't know these things because they don't exist. And we were happy with PLC yes. programming and yeah, we can have a job. <laughs> Today is more yes. challenging. So actually, I would say uh, it, today, if I uh, if I try for an interview with Rockwell, I might not go through. It's a high possibility. Yeah, you, know? that can you be have realized. to learn a lot. Keep learning, yes. All right. Okay, so thank you, Vinit, for your time and valuable advice. And thank you guys for joining for the podcast. I'm really looking forward to see you someday, maybe in Singapore, if I come. And until that time, sure, I wish you all the best for your future and wish you a healthy life. Thanks, Rajveer. I wish you the same. All right. Thank you. So thank you for joining, guys. Have a good time. See you in the next podcast. Bye.